In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I will read you some of the most beautiful words in the English language. You say them all the time, but if you're like me, you probably don't stop to think about them real often. Here they are. Who, for us men, and for our salvation, came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man. If you don't like the way someone treats you, you you might say something like this. You know, I'm a human being. I'm a human being, you know. How can you treat me this way? Or if you see somebody else talking about someone very poorly or treating them poorly, you would say, come on, they're they're a human being. See, we're assuming that's supposed to be something really sacred, really important, something really special if some, someone is a human being and not a plant or an animal or something like this. But I would ask you, why does it matter that you're a human being? Why, why, does that, why is that such a, a trump card? You just say, well, I'm a human being. Oh, you're a human being. Oh, you, so you mean you're selfish, you're greedy, you mean you think you know it all, you're weak, you're dying, oh, you're a human being, oh. It doesn't sound all that important, right? I mean, who are we, human beings? But my main point to show you today is really simple. That Jesus came down to literally lift up humanity. To to make it actually something to say, I'm a human being. That that I'm not just a selfish, dying sinner anymore. I'm a man, a human, living with the man, Jesus Christ, who has made it good to be a human being. Now, this idea of, of one person elevating a whole group of people or elevating a whole town, we're actually very familiar with this. I'll give you a couple easy examples. Take the, our next, our couple towns over, Eureka, Illinois, okay? What, what's Eureka, Illinois? They're nothing, right? Just a small Midwestern town, not really all that important, except it happens to be where one Ronald Reagan went to college. Ooh, oh, college town of Ronald Reagan. Oh, now we're talking, right? Oh, Eureka College, all of a sudden going from a college maybe no one would ever hear of to, oh, that's where Ronald Reagan graduated, Right? Or if you want a more local example of Eureka, you say, it's the hometown of Ben Zobrist, right? Two-time World Series champion. Now we're talking, right? Raises this little town to fame. Or what about El Paso, Illinois? Now maybe you don't think it's that big of a deal, but the rest of the world kind of thinks it's a big deal that this happens to be the birthplace of Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. This even shows up in our Gospel reading today. It says Jesus crossed over the Sea of Galilee and came to His own city. That's Capernaum it's talking about. Would you ever have heard of the city of Capernaum? Would you ever care about the city? Some little podunk city on the Sea of Galilee. Who cares? Well, we care because it happens to be the city Jesus called His own city. He was there so much, doing so many miracles. These are just simple examples of how one person can raise up a whole group of people. 
Now take that and just apply it to what Jesus has done for human beings. He came and lived among us. He actually became one of us. So that we might say something like this. I'm a human being, you know, just like Jesus. I'm a human being, you know, a man born the exact same as Jesus. The fact that Jesus is a human being makes being a human being kind of special now. Kind of important. And what I'm really trying to get across to you, if you want the the bigger words or the more official words, what I'm trying to get across to you is what we call the doctrine of Jesus' two natures. Jesus, there is no one else in the history of the planet that is like Jesus. He is absolutely unique. He is at the same time both true God and true man. And it may seem like kind of a dry doctrine, like, well, what does that matter? But it's, it absolutely matters. It, it makes us something again. Okay? He, he didn't just appear like a man. God did that sometimes in the Old Testament, like to Abraham, peer, appeared as a man. But no, Jesus actually became a man, conceived, born, lived, suffered, died. I mean, look, look at us. Look at human beings. What would we be without Jesus? Look at us. We're weak. We do the most evil things the world has ever seen. We're dying. But here Jesus comes and becomes one of us to raise us up. There's another way we picture this that maybe you'll like this, this way better. We know that between us and God, there is this massive separation. And in Genesis chapter 11... And the people wanted to try to bridge that gap. And they said, here's what we'll do. Let's build a big tower. We'll build a tower and then we'll reach up to God in heaven. Well, of course, it didn't work, right? You can't do that. It's literally like if you said, I want to go to the sky and you try to jump into the sky. It's not going to work. Okay, there's this massive divide. God is perfect, holy. He's everything that's right. He's everything that's good, everything that's beautiful. And then look at us. We're dirty. We're evil. We do wrong. I mean, look at the wars that we've created. Look at the poverty we've created. Look at abortion or the disgusting sexual perversions that we have. We've got got all of it. There's this massive gap. So how could man, us, ever be raised up to God again? That's Jesus. That's the only way. We needed someone who was both true God, perfect and right and holy in every way, and true man, just like us. He's the latter, if you want, from the Old Testament reading today. Jacob is on his, you know, he has to flee home because his brother Esau wants to kill him. He's scared, and God gives him a dream and pictures a ladder. He says, Jacob... The angels are ascending and descending. I I am with you. I am going to take care of you. And then you get to John chapter 1, and Jesus tells Nathanael, he says, you will see the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. He's the ladder. He's the ladder of Jacob's dream. He's the one that connects us to God, being both true God and true man. He has lifted up, not only has he lifted up man, but remember what we say in the creed, he 
ascended and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. So Jesus, a man, goes into heaven to sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. He raises man up to God's right hand. So this is the reason that it's, it's actually incredible to say, I'm a human being. This is what Jesus, of course, does in baptism and in the Lord's Supper. He takes His true man body, His true God and true man body, and connects us to Him, to His death and resurrection. And in the Lord's Supper, He gives us His body and blood to eat and to drink. He's raising us up, making it good to be a human being. So let me try to bring this together then in the Gospel reading. Okay, look, look, take a fresh look at what happens here and see what Jesus does for you. So as I told you, you didn't hear it in Matthew, but Mark tells us that the house was so crowded they couldn't get their friend in to see Jesus. They're desperate to help their friend, so they get this idea, let's go to the roof and lower him to Jesus. Now that was for your benefit and my benefit. So you would see a picture that Jesus lowered himself to man became a man, became a paralyzed human being who was dying. See, that, that's you and me lying on that cot. We can't get up. We can't, we can't save ourselves. We're paralyzed. We want to be better. We want to be good and right. We want to walk in the way of righteousness, but we can't get up. And God has sent a man to raise us up and just... See how Jesus, who looks like an ordinary man, looks like you and me, his words that he says are, are just infused with the power of God. I mean, think of all the words that you hear in, in church this morning, or all the words you read in the Bible. These are just man's words. They, they should be empty and meaningless. But because Jesus, true God, became a man, now these are God's words. And he has raised up our words just like he's raised up mankind so that we, these words we hear are not just the words of man, they're the words of God. Your sins are forgiven, he says. And they say, no, only God can say that. You can't say that. You're a man. And Jesus says, I'll show you I can say that. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. See, only God can do these things. We have God's own words hidden in our words with the power to raise up humanity. He says, rise. And the paralyzed man rises up. He says to you and me, at the, every time we kneel at the altar rail, he says, take heart, my son. Your sins are forgiven. Rise. Pick up your bed and go home. This is really an incredible thing. I, I wanna, so I want to give you one more picture what I hope will be the clearest picture I can give you of how Jesus raises you up. So literally think of every night when the day is over, and what do you do? You lay down in your bed at night. And why do you do that? Why do you lay down at night? Because you're tired. Because you're spent. Because you're weak. Because you're dying. You have to lay down every night. Your sin and the sin of this world has completely wiped you out. And for at least... A few hours, you have to lay down, just like one day you'll have to lay down forever. We lay down on our beds and we are literally like the paralyzed man lying there in front of Jesus. We can't get up from this. We're fallen. We can't get up. Our sin is too great. But as Christians, we lay down every night knowing Jesus has raised up humanity. 
We know Jesus laid himself down on a cross and he couldn't get up. We know that he was laid in a tomb where he couldn't get up. And we know that on Easter morning, he did what man can't do. He got up and rose. And we know then we've been baptized into Jesus. We've been raised with Jesus. So here we lie every night, paralyzed by sin and death, but we lie with Jesus. And we say a prayer and we commend ourselves to God and to his keeping. And we know that tomorrow morning, Jesus will raise us up again. And we'll sing, take heart, my son. Your sins are forgiven. Rise, get out of bed and walk. Every morning Jesus does this. Now, you could say, well, he raises everybody up. He doesn't raise everyone up like he raises you up as a Christian. He raises you up in new life, in forgiveness of your sins, in the hope of eternal life. He raises you up to go out once again and serve him and do his work. And then we know that one day, when we're laid down permanently in our grave, he will do the exact same with us. And the last day he will raise us up to live with him in heaven forever. Forever. Now, every human being, see, needs to know this. Every human being needs to know they're not nothing. That, that they are something. They're a human being, you know. The same as Jesus. He became a human being for them. And we know how paralyzing this world is. So it's as simple as this. Just do what the friends did in the Gospel reading. Bring your friends to Jesus. One, pray for them. Bring them to Jesus that way. But also, bring them to the words of Jesus. Let them hear those same words that you've heard. Take heart. Your sins are forgiven. Rise, get up, and walk. Let Jesus raise them up as He's raised you up. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.